this week on theme park talk yes yeah theme parks video games weird tech that's that's the the consistent and current themes of bro did you see this Okay, this one feels very <laughs> this one feels like Tanawanda. All right. Oh my gosh. I I did see this, but I didn't really pay attention to it. Oh man. So we got man trapped inside ATM room, slips note to customer pleading for help. <laughs> so good one it sounds very dystopian that sounds like a weird sci-fi plot two i didn't know that that was a thing i didn't know you could get inside of atm how did yeah i can't believe it it must be roomy in there i don't think that he went in through the atm i think there's actually a room inside of the bank that services the atm and is like where all the money goes and stuff and i think I think he locked himself inside of there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because my, my immediate nightmare reading this story was, well, can I slash will I one day get sucked into the ATM and be stuck behind there? <laughs> and I think the answer <laughs> is no, I won't be. Wait, that's that's a legitimate uh, thought? Well, had. it was. After this, there's a guy stuck in an ATM. I'm like, can I get stuck in an ATM? Hey, if the ATM thing was like open, wouldn't you peek your head inside? I would. And then I'd be stuck, just like this guy. No, dude, because I'd be too worried about, like, it's a bank robber, get him. No, man, I've seen too many movies where, like, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. So somebody put their card in the machine, put their pin in the machine, asked for 220s, and instead of getting 212, I guess, with their (laughs) 220s, they got a note from this guy that says, please help, I'm stuck in here, I don't have my phone. And just let's do this together. Okay, you're there. You got a you know, busy day. Ben's got a busy day. Ben's got some stuff going on. Ben needs a little bit of cash. He goes to the ATM. He gets his money. And out with his money comes this thing. What would you do? What would you do <laughs> with a note that says, please help. I'm stuck in here. I, you know what? I think I'd be like, for real? <laughs> for real, dog? If you can hear me, send me another note. Yeah, you got to like, you got to put your ear up to the check deposit slot. Although, if you get a handwritten note and they showed a picture of the note. I think like, oh, okay, some guy's trapped in there. Yeah. Maybe it was like in a printed font. I think I'd be like, okay, this ATM is compromised. I can't get my money from here anymore. I'm looking at the note and the note is so sad because it's kind of <laughs> scribbly. And it's just, it's honestly, you have to read it kind of sad in my opinion like please help i'm stuck in here i don't have my phone phone. please call my boss like it's sort of the equivalent of call my mom i'm trapped here you know like can you call my mom i don't know how to get out (laughs) please call my boss makes me feel like he gets in trouble or he's like a bumbling idiot a lot (laughs) and he's like dang it i'm gonna get fired ah this is my third atm job this week (laughs) yeah do you think that he called somebody called the boss and they're like is it gary gary again yeah what's even better is i was about to say gary i think he sent a few notes out and nobody cared they were like that's a weird prank bye yeah why why is that a prank i don't know and it's it's weird to me too because i get like locking yourself in the room and not having a phone but i feel like the onus on this isn't on who i will now call gary but it's on the bank because i mean he went inside the bank went into this room closed the door never came out and they didn't care they didn't think about him he must have been stuck in there for a good minute they never tried to get him out isn't that kind of weird that is a good point yeah no one at the bank was like so where'd that maintenance guy go? <laughs> where'd that guy go? <laughs> Man, what a, what a jerk. He like didn't even replace the money. Or the next question is, why is there not a connecting door from this room to like 
the bank back offices. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Because in the video, it looks like it's like an external door. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's kind of weird then, huh? It looks almost like a maintenance room type closet. Well, and that's not good. That's, I mean, that feels like that's worse security. You shouldn't be able to get into the back of the ATM by just going through a door outside of the bank. <laughs> that seems like that's got its own set of problems. Yeah, this whole story, man, this story is weird. It's Bank of America. So. It is Bank of America, and so it all makes sense. Should have should have known. I'm not Bank of America. Are you Bank of America? No, man, I'm Chase all the way. Dude, me too. This, this, <laughs> this episode is sponsored, is sponsored by, by yeah. Chase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. man. You ever have those YouTube videos that you go back to like once a year and you just laugh at again because you think they're real funny? Yes, all the time. Uh, this is one of those for me. Bro, did you see this? Hello, Wildcats. This is Weaver Cooks. And today we're doing uh, chili cheese nachos. What? Ah, this is one of my favorite things on the internet, my friend. Weber cooks how to make chili cheese nacho dip. Apparently, it was like a college that was making these videos to help kids at the college make food for themselves. But this is what they decided to help them make, and you just gotta you gotta watch it. We start with a can of chili and open it up. This is the worst cooking show ever. Yeah, you just no, oh, don't worry, it gets better. This is so sad. <laughs> Also, what what college student doesn't know how to make this recipe already? I know. And then the cheese sauce, we just take off the lid and we pop these both in the microwave. And we set the microwave for four and a half minutes. Pop them in the microwave. He puts the whole thing in, man. Just the glass. Label and everything? <laughs> Okay, the things are done. You got to be careful because the cheese sauce is really hot and the chili is hot also. Be careful with that, it's hot. He's using a paper towel. Dude, he really is living that college life. <laughs> He's living this college life. We mix them both together and. What a Philistine, like not even putting it in separate bowls, not even... No. He really is on that college tip, like no need to reuse bowls, no need to, no need to dirty anything. <laughs> Don't worry, I know you have a single bowl. <laughs> At my lowest of lows, I wouldn't do this. <laughs> What is this guy's actual job title? I don't know. There's no way that he is a chef. That's a sad video. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few of them, so you might wanna you might wanna check the rest of them out. Oh, there's more him like him showing other recipes. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got a few in his under his belt. Oh my god. One of them's um some spaghetti. <laughs> I think it's equally gross looking. Oh oh wait 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 wait. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 I just clicked the spaghetti one and please just, please just watch his spaghetti method. Hello Wildcats, this is Weaver Cooks and today we're cooking spaghetti. Is that audio real? I think so. We'll start by taking some spaghetti noodles and we'll put it in the bowl. We just break them in half, put them in, add our water, and then this will cook for 10 minutes. You're joking. He broke the spaghetti in half with his hands, poured some water from a canteen over it, and just popped it in the microwave. What? 
He said cook for 10 minutes. He put that bowl of water and noodles in the microwave for 10 minutes. I don't think I've ever microwaved anything for 10 minutes in my life. You can't boil water, dude? <laughs> no. Okay, so keeping on the food tip. Bro, did you see this? The pizza making robots that want to change the world. It's a, a company in Silicon Valley. Okay. And they have robots that make pizza. Okay, I'm interested. I am very interested. So watch this little clip. Maybe the easiest way to think about it is that it's not uh, multiple robots. It's one giant robot. Co-founder Alex Garden gave me a tour. So when your pizza is ordered, uh, the first thing we do is we press out the uh, dough for you. We use um, a vision step to uh, target the center of the pizza so we know exactly where the pizza is on the line. Whoa, laser lines. All of the robots have cute Italian names. Pepe and Giorgio dispense the sauce. Marta smears it around. And her job is to figure out how to spread that sauce perfectly. Wait, 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 it's really cool, watch this. It goes backwards and fixes oh, it. Come on! Oh yeah, it does! After Marta comes Bruno, which delicately transfers the pizzas from the belt to the oven. And finally, we have... So this is the world's first fully automatic self-cleaning pizza cutter. His name is Leonardo. 200 pounds of force, eight perfect slices that every single it? time. That's it. <laughs> Do not ever put your hands inside. Yes, be... it's, uh, it would, you would have eight perfect slices of fingers. This is sweet. Right? And it's in California. I like this. I want I want one of these. I would like to eat this pizza. I hope like a Papa John's or some like big franchise buys them out and then puts it in use. On the same note, this is the same kind of thing I wanted to actually, I wanted to show this to you. Did you uh, pay attention to the Disney conference, the Star Wars stuff? Oh, D23? Yeah, D23. Uh, a little bit. Star Wars, I kind of kept to a minimum because I didn't want to spoil it. Okay, well, yeah, I won't spoil anything from Star Wars for you because I only want to talk about the theme park stuff anyways. There's obviously this whole Star Wars land, and they're starting to figure out how they're going to populate it. But this is one of the things that they're going to put in the park. It's an autonomous robot built by the Imagineering team called... Jake. That's not a Star Wars name. I don't know why it's called Jake, but check it out. Oh, wow. I saw this robot, but I just thought it was like a fan that cosplayed or, you know, built it as a remote control thing. This is actually going to be at the park, things like this. Yeah, it's going to be a robot and it's going to be at the park and it's just going to be chilling out and you get to hang out with it and it'll come up to you and look at you and be weird and beep and boop at you and do all that kind of stuff. It'll beep and boop at you. <laughs> <laughs> It'll beep and boop at you. That's what robots do in this this day and age. We're getting to that weird point where robots can actually just be autonomous. When I think of a robot just walking around, I think of somebody controlling it with a remote control. But that just isn't necessary anymore, you know? They can just kind of figure themselves out and yeah. run on a weird pattern and do their own stuff. This is a Roomba, dude. It kind of is, right? But it just is weird that we're able to make such advanced versions of it. And in both of these cases, they don't need to do a whole lot. But just the stuff that they even do is enough to make me freak out about how good it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. I wonder if, you know, this is the final product that's going to be at the park because the Star Wars nerd in me is not happy about that bottom base. Like, obviously, it's just housing the motor. Uh -huh. You know, the upper half that looks like R2-D2, it's very familiar, very Star Wars-esque, but the bottom half feels weird to me. Hey, man, I'll take it for now. I think it's just really cool that there's going to be a robot just wandering the park, beeping and booping at you. Beeping and booping at you. And then did you hear about the, uh, the Star Wars... Resort Hotel? Uh, no, I didn't hear about that. Star Wars announced a hotel, and the hotel is this themed experience where you go to Disney World, you go to the resort, you go to the Star Wars Hotel, and they don't act like they're a hotel in Disneyland. They act like they're a hotel on a planet in the Star Wars universe. <gasps> no. And you change your clothes so that you look like a Star Wars character. 
No. And it's in this immersive experience where the entire time that you're in this hotel, it's like you're in the world of Star Wars. This is Westworld. Isn't that crazy? In the show, you know, uh, one of the characters, they show him arriving to the park and he shows up to a room and they're like, all right, go ahead and pick your outfit, pick out the character that you want to be. And they have like, you know, a gunslinger, they have sheriff, they have all these different outfits and you pick whatever you want. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. You you get a costume, you get your own storyline, <gasps> and you get kind of a, a, like a weird adventure that you're supposed to go on while you're staying at the hotel. Bro, would you do this with me? Oh my god, I would, I would 100% do this. I don't even like Star Wars that much, you know me. Yeah, I know you don't. This is just such a neat experience. I love this kind of idea. And I love, I, I am so excited to see how they do it because apparently... There's going to be no windows in the entire hotel. All the windows are going to be... Artificial, like in the space? Yeah, artificial visions of outer space because you're on this, like, you know, spaceship Station. or deck or something like that. Yeah. So it's really supposed to feel like once you're in it, you are in it until you exit the front door of the place. And I, I think that's just such a neat idea. I love that in one of the concept pictures, there's just a dude in, like, a pretty sweet Star Wars-esque jacket just typing away on a laptop. Can you see that? <laughs> so I do love that even in the concept art, they're like, yeah, we, we know that you're going to like respond to some emails while you're here. Don't even don't even worry about it. We got you. You know what I really want to see is the rich guy that doesn't know <laughs> about the serious theming. Yeah, exactly. And shows up and is like, stop. You need to take my order. You need to you know, upgrade my room. <laughs> like, sir, you're out of credits. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to hear from my lawyers. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know what that is, sir. <laughs> We're really getting to a point where people are making pretty gutsy decisions that don't line up with what's been done for a while up until this point. Dude, I totally dig this. Gosh. When is it supposed to launch? Like in 2019, 2020? Oh, God. I'm sure that I won't be out for a good minute. Oh, so this is not tied to the park in the, in release, at least. No, I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to be like older. Gosh, lame. Yeah, you're going to be old. But you can take your kids to it, Ben. I don't want to. I want to be the kid. <laughs> speaking of experience, speaking of experience, bro, did you see this? That follow-up from last uh, couple episodes talking about millennials. Millennials. Oh, hey, millennials are doing something <laughs> good, I guess. Is that what we're saying here? No. No. Oh, okay. Air France is launching an airline for millennials, a generation that, quote, inspired us a lot. So we're getting our own airline? Yeah, I guess. But okay. people on Twitter were ripping it apart because they're like, these ticket prices are ridiculous and millennials can't afford these prices. So who's going to go on these? It's like more expensive? It's like uh, it's like luxury almost. Oh. So they're like, Air France, do you even know who millennials are? So Air France is doing this. It's a thing called June? Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just say like Air France Young or like Air France Light. But no, they made a whole new thing called June. Okay. J-O-O-N. Aimed at young working clientele. Okay, good. Millennials, 18 to 35-year-olds, whose lifestyles revolve around digital technology. Okay. How do they plan to do that? Why, with an innovative and offbeat experience, of course. Ooh, I love offbeat experiences as a millennial. You got me excited. This seems like it's a flight. The seats are probably still small, and it's more expensive. So when we think of millennials and their innovative and offbeat loves, and we think of a, an airplane, I mean, what does that mean? Oh, I see, by the way, that a spokeswoman says that the airline will let 40-year-olds on board, which I appreciate. That's good. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see that. It's not just for millennials, but 
So they all they released was like this picture of their flight attendant uniforms, which are just kind of like chill clothing. Yeah. Some jeans and some some Converse sneakers and some cardigans, which I don't really know if the cardigan look is really screaming millennial to me. So it said June will not be a low cost airline. Cool. As it will offer original products and services that reflect those of Air France. Okay. So literally nothing is changing. Hipster casual designs. I mean, that's a change. We started with our target customer segment, the millennials. <laughs> yes. To create this new brand that means something to them. Uh-huh. It means nothing to them. Ugh, they're missing the point. Yeah, I'm really I'm really doing some deep research into this, and I can't find a single thing about what they actually think millennials mean except young people with money. Exactly. Our brief was simple, to find a name to illustrate a positive state of mind. June. Oh, my gosh. The marketing team behind this. Mm-hmm. This generation has inspired us a lot. Yes. Epicurean and connected. Of course course they are opportunistic in a positive sense of the word as they know how to enjoy every moment and are in search of quality experiences that they want to share with others june is a brand that carries these values okay. said the caroline fontaine vp brand air france who is out of touch i see what you did there that wasn't in the original statement this seems like fire festival in the air that's probably going to be true. With June, we have created a young and connected brand that will give this group a new impetus. Designed for our millennial customers, it will offer more than just a flight and fare. It will offer a global travel experience. But no, it won't. It's going to be the same as Air France. They just said that. So, okay, this is bad. All right. You and I are in agreement. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to step out here for Air France and say I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I hate low budget airlines. So, hey, give me a good airline with some millennial love. Don't put a dumb bad screen on the back of the seat that I have to punch with my whole hand to like use the touch screen. Give me an iPad with a bunch of movies on it. Give me actually good food instead of this like weird lean cuisine meal. Like do all that stuff. I'm, I'm totally down. Look, if they were going as this luxurious other, like I feel like JetBlue probably fills that kind of space. Yeah. You know, they seem a little bit more uh, extra and like fancy. <laughs> they seem extra. They do seem extra. If they were going for that, sure, go for it. But this seems like, nah, we're just going to do the normal flight thing, but call it June. They seem a bit clueless here, so it's probably going to suck. Okay, but hey, here we go. You want to see the future of flight, my friend? Oh, I got I got the future of flight for you. Check this out. This is Transpose. It's a modular cabin project that Airbus has been developing inside its Silicon Valley labs called A-Cubed. The engineers in the project are taking inspiration from cargo planes and applying the same loading and unloading concept to passenger planes. Cargo planes, like the kind used by shipping companies, often load and unload cargo using giant pallets that are moved throughout the aircraft on rollers. The minds at Airbus think that you could replace that cargo with an experience. The idea being it could both improve travel for consumers and give the airlines and other brands opportunities to charge them for it. So cargo planes have this modular design. So instead of putting pallets on, they're putting experiences. Oh my gosh, I love that. Jason Chua, one of the Transpose executives who previously worked on Motorola's modular phone project, gave me a tour of the plane. Oh wow, that's cool that it's some of the same team that worked on the modular phone. Isn't that funny? Which I thought was a cool idea. Yeah, great idea. But this seems like a way better use of that modularity. Perfect use. Absolutely. Dude, he found the right he found the right outlet. He nailed it. So they got like a daycare area. Yo. Oh my gosh, I would pay for that alone. I know. To like have like a crying baby like out of your way? Yeah, go to the playroom. Oh my gosh. I love this. This is so cool. 
Uh, if they took out like one row of seats and gave you a little bit extra room, but it still was expensive, I'd be like, no, I give me the stupid cramped plane and give me Spirit Airlines. I'll pay for the cheap, you know, garbage, <laughs> garbage bag in the sky. What I'll pay extra for is the other experience is that because then you're then you're like, I'm paying for peace of mind. Yeah. And this makes sense to me, not for Tampa to New York. No, no, no. This is like to Australia, to Hawaii, to, you know, Europe. I just went to Cambodia. And that's a mm, 17, 18 hour flight, I think. Oh, gross. Yeah, I tried my hardest to get it so that I would always line up with when I slept. But I couldn't always make that happen. I think it was on the way home that I was awake basically the entire time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it just feels so lame being in an environment like that for 17 hours. There's there's no amount of movies that you can load on your iPad, no amount of books that you can bring along with you that make you feel good about sitting there for 17 hours. Who reads books? <laughs> Whatever. That's that's where something like this makes <laughs> sense is, you know, some of these some of these planes, they're like double deckers. They have yeah. two different stories. And, and a plane like that could totally have a little restaurant that, I don't know, 20 people at a time or something like that. And it doesn't have to be available for everyone at every moment, but just the option of being able to get up and go to that would feel so good. I would love to see something like that exist. So, dude, yeah. I'm crossing my fingers that this exists someday. Speaking of expensive, okay, bro, did you see this? Oh, my gosh. I saw this a like, GIF on Twitter, and I was horrified. <laughs> Woman ruins $200,000 worth of art trying to take a selfie at an exhibit. Yeah, so L.A., there's this weird museum called the 14th Factory it has a lot of like experimental art and it's this this room that's I mean how many let's see four eight maybe 10 pedestals by five pedestals well it's even more because the the video footage only shows a bit of it but these rows and rows and rows of these beautiful austere white pedestals and each pedestal has on top of it this like crown and people are kind of walking around the crowns. You can get up close to them. They're not, like, guarded off. And this woman kind of gets in the middle of it, bends down to take a selfie with the crown, and just bumps right into one of the pillars. What a dummy! And just... What a dummy. It's just a domino effect. The whole row just goes straight down, as does she. You would think this is, like, only something that would happen in a Pink Panther movie. Yeah, it's it looks very expensive as they're all falling down. That's, like, you can hear the little, like, ka-ching, ka-ching every single time that one of them falls down. $200,000. According to the museum, three sculptures were permanently damaged in the incident. My gosh. Knocking over at least ten pedestals topped with art. I mean... It's a little bit the museum's it's fault. It's a little Why bit the museum's this, fault. like, unguarded? Why was this unguarded? Why were they not bolted down? Yeah, bolt those frickin' pedestals down to the ground. Make sure that they're not going anywhere. Make the pedestals big enough that the crowns aren't going to fall off and make sure that the pedestals aren't going to get knocked over. It was also a cramped space. It looked pretty tight. It does, yeah. It was a recipe for disaster. I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier, but at the same time, wow, I can't believe it happened. It's the domino effect that makes it so terrible. Just watching them all go down one after another makes it... I keep watching it. It's so good. Uh, speaking of terrible things that are also very good, did you see this? Oregon State Police, eel truck overturns on Highway 101, covers road in slime. It, it's just this picture of a car that looks like it was in the maybe like a Ghostbusters scene or something like that. It's just this... A horror movie. Yeah, definitely a horror movie. It's just this wrecked car covered in... What looks like ooze. I don't even think the word slime is appropriate. I think ooze. Ooze works better. 
I wonder, where were these eels going? I, I don't know, man. Yeah. I didn't know that there was such a thing as an eel truck because the, the, news, the news thing just kind of cavalierly states it. Eel truck overturns. And my first response was e eel eel truck because i don't like to think of myself going down the road next to 500 eels chilling in the back of a truck but yeah oh dude dude who knows we might have done this we might have passed a couple eel trucks in our life yeah i think that i i'm gonna assume that i'm always next to an eel truck from this point forward <laughs> okay where did we see this at goldman he's david solomon at the club He's DJ D Soul. Oh heck yes! <laughs> this is a dude that's co-president of Goldman Sachs. Hitting it up on the weekends as a DJ. That is incredible. And he has an Instagram page. Oh my gosh, DJ D Soul. I'm following you on Instagram immediately. I'm stopping this. Okay, here you hear me. I'm freaking finding DJ D Soul on Instagram right now, and this guy's getting followed. I'm looking it up right now. How many followers does he have? Let's see that. It's private. He won't let us in. I'm clicking follow. I requested this. I've clicked. <laughs> I clicked follow too. <laughs> I wonder if he got one of his interns to do that logo. Yeah, he's got a little logo and everything. Okay, I gotta read some of this. On the sunny afternoon in the Bahamas this month, dozens of beachgoers mingled and danced to a soundtrack mixed by a man using a Pioneer sound system on a platform at the local tiki bar. Nothing was unusual about this island scene except perhaps the disc jockey. David M. Solomon, the co-president of Goldman Sachs, possibly the most powerful investment <laughs> bank in the world, was the man at the controls. Great fun this weekend, spinning at nippers in Great Guana K, Mr. Solomon, 55, wrote in a recent Instagram post. <laughs> Beautiful day and fun crowd celebrating the 4th. This is incredible. Right? Isn't it so good? DJ D. Soul, and he's got this little logo. Honestly, the logo kind of reminds me of like a banking logo. Maybe it's like the Fidelity logo or something like that. You know, the Fidelity logo. It's got... <laughs> it does. It does. It's like he picked some of the fonts that were on his network and he's like, yeah, I'll make this. Yeah, the Fidelity logo is like a, a pyramid, which is actually kind of kind of uh, Illuminati-esque. Conspiratorial. Yeah, Illuminati-esque. If I, if I think about it, I never thought about it before. Pyramid with the sun rising behind it. And DJ D. Soul's logo is this kind of, I don't know, 70s groovy looking font. With a sun peeking through the O. David's always believed that having a wide range of outside interests leads to a balanced life and makes it for a better career. He preached that regularly to younger employees in the firm and tries to lead by example. So if he's like cool about telling people about having different interests, why is he keeping it private? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know anything about this except that I just love it so much. In an April 11th post next to a picture of him in front of an elaborate indoor sound system, he writes, Starting to play around with vinyl. <laughs> Old school and lots to learn, but very cool. In the shot, he's dressed in all black except for a green wristwatch, which is surrounded by a black and white photograph. I mean, this picture, the only one that they like they included in this article, he looks freaking intense. He looks like he's legit. He doesn't look like he's doing this midlife crisis. Nah, he's a DJ. If you took the headphones off, if you took the mixing board away, he would just look like he's ready to play some golf. He's got this like pretty chill shirt on, a nice watch. and That's what makes me think he's serious. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't look like he have extra fluff on. He didn't put some like EDM suit on to like get away from his life. He's like, nah, man, this is me. This is what I do at Nipper's Great Guana K. And those, those headphones look so nerdy that he probably researched them on Amazon. Yeah, he found the best ones. So Chipotle, okay. which they you know they get a little extra with their ad campaigns, have recruited the RZA, okay, a Wu Tang Clan fan, yes, and have made this ad campaign where you can customize your bowl, and each ingredient is associated and tied to a sound, 
and then like based on what you make, you have a song based on your ingredients. It's a pretty cool little ad. It's a cool ad. He just ate an avocado and it went into his brain where the avocado is spinning on a on a record player, playing some beautiful classical music. I always love when like really respected rap artists like this do crazy ads because it's like when you first came out you're like no forget the man i'm never gonna sell out and then he sells out to chipotle and i i bet they never in a million years would imagine that like late into their 40s would be like yeah i'll do an ad for chipotle but honestly it's a cool ad okay i gotta go to this website all right hold on i'm going there now okay make your mix make your mix use headphones got it pick your ingredients i'm all about it score by one going free down for that too okay so burrito bowl Mm -hmm. okay got like a little sick drum beat let's go with sofritas uh white rice not brown rice can i add pinto beans too okay there we go this is a good song all right hold on get rid of it all now i need to hear your song what what you got what you got going on so i did bowl okay bowl I did steak. Okay. I did chicken as well. Whoa. I did double meat. Whoa, you got a saxophone. White rice. Black beans. Okay. A uh, little bit of sour cream. Okay. A little bit of cheese. All right, all right. A little bit of lettuce. That's it. Okay. Yours is kind of, um, it's it's a little Latino, to be honest. I mean, it is me. <laughs> <laughs> Click wrap it up. Okay. And then it lets you listen to it live with this visualization. Okay. Remember like those old Windows, like, uh visual players yeah yeah so it like makes a weird 3d thing and you can you can scroll around Uh drag the mouse around and it like moves it oh whoa i'm in a chipotle universe right now (laughs) this is beautiful yeah uh that was incredible and i'm very very thankful that you did that and now you can send yourself a coupon (laughs) do you hear me typing right now because i'm 100 percent yeah don't worry (laughs) rizza man He's the real deal, though. I'm all about him. I feel like he's done some other weird stuff like that. He, yeah, he did that movie, uh, The Man with the Iron Fists. He's a cool guy. I like Rizzo. You ready? You ready for the real stuff? He was in G.I. Joe Retaliation. <laughs> Go home, <laughs> Drew. Oh, my gosh. Go home. Oh, he was in that movie. All right. I got another link for you. Can I share it with you? Bro, did you see this? Oh, I did see this. For the first time in public. The new upgraded Batmobile from this November's Justice League. Are you going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about? What's that? How long it took for them to take <laughs> yeah. this damn blanket off the- <laughs> Wait, was that really what you were going to mention? Yes, it's so good. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. They they brought the new Batmobile to this, to this whatever. I don't know where it is. Some Some con. It's Comic-Con. It's it's San Diego Comic-Con, like the big one. Okay, yeah, the big old Comic-Con. Drew obviously does not care one iota about Comic-Con. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about the Comic-Con, and I'll be there next year dressed as a Twitter bird. <laughs> Anyways, it's got this big cloth on it, and the whole crowd's waiting for them to unveil it, and it just takes forever for them to get this weird cloth. It's like the least elegant reveal. It's so bad. It's so frumpy and so clunky. And then it gets stuck. Literally, they should have just hooked it up to a wire from above and just whoop. Yeah. This kind of feels like a bit heavy metal, a bit extreme, a bit greedy. I don't really know how to describe it. but I mean, if, you, if you've seen the trailer for Justice League. It, I have. You know, he like is shooting people left and right. It's got six six missiles on the front and two Gatling guns on each side. 
that's a good look for Batman right there. I don't know how much you know about DC Comics, but they're fighting Darkseid uh-huh. and Apocalypse and Steppenwolf. So it's like otherworldly threats. Uh-huh. So you need all the guns. You got to shoot them with guns because that works, right? If you shoot them with a bullet, they're dead, right? Yeah, absolutely. Aliens, pff, oh. demons. Pff. Got them. That's how Superman ended was uh, Superman shoots Zod with a bullet in the head and then he dies. That's not. And then in Batman, Doomsday gets shot in the head and then he dies, right? That's not how it With a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In Suicide Squad, probably somebody does get shot with a bullet and dies, but I didn't see that movie, so I can't confirm. Give me a link. Bro, did you see this? I opened my to-do list. Okay, here we go. Yes! Ready? And action! What line? What are lines? Okay, have you ever seen The Room, Ben? I have not, but it is. it lives in infamy. I've read the Wikipedia page. I've read enough about this movie before seeing this trailer. Okay, I have to introduce you to some of the room right now. So here, just just watch this with me. It's important to me that you've seen some of these scenes. Hi. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be $18. Here go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Wait, what? <laughs> the whole movie is so bad, and every line is bad, and every line is recorded wrong. And it's just this terrible independent film that became this cult classic because of just how bad it is. I'm going to send you this this video game link. It is my favorite kind of video game link, though. Two Final Fantasy fourteen players buy dozens of homes spark debate over housing shortage. What? So it's like a video, like a massively multiplayer game. And I guess there's not enough homes in the video game. So people are homeless. Because they just bought them all up? Yeah, and I, I love this. We can't even be free of homelessness in video games. It's an issue, no matter where we go. Frustration over Final Fantasy XIV's housing shortage has come to a head after two players angered a lot of others by buying up 28 homes in the land-strapped massively multiplayer online game. Now players are questioning whether virtual housing is an equal right or a privilege meant for the rich and overdedicated. Oh my gosh. Man. We are just going places. This is this is just more about what we were talking about last time, man, about how games are getting a bit too bit bit too on the nose, bit too real. And now we're not just worrying about like how we spend our time in these games. We're like making sure that we have a place to stay, a roof over our head, so to speak. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. So I guess this system is so in depth that like they're crafting decor and they're selling it in the game. So they basically have like businesses. This is Second Life. People are creating a video game, going into it, and having a job in this video game. The person who bought all the houses wrote on Tumblr, Many people feel entitled to own a house. They feel that even knowing that there are only 2,160 plots on any given server, they can and should be allowed to go at their own pace and have free access to any content they like, including housing. They want a house of their own, but they don't want to accept that lots of other people want it badly enough to work harder for it than they did. Man, isn't that just the most politically charged video game statement you've heard in a long time? Man, this dude is soulless. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Good Lord, a Redditor wrote, people who aren't rich enough to afford houses just aren't trying hard enough. <laughs> this is too much. It's great. These people need to like, hey, you know, there's a real world with real problems, right? Nope. They don't know that. They're oh busy with Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> they don't know that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just want to play a video game for escapism, and this game is not giving you that escapism, my friend. It is not not helping you in that way. 
Oh, wow. Okay, now it got sad. So the lady, it's a lady that bought all the properties, apparently, or like one of the persons. Her husband died, and she hasn't decorated it much in real life. Oh, that's kind of sad. She's like escaping reality. All right, now I feel bad. All right, I guess that's pretty pretty depressing. I took us down a dark place. Bring us back into the light. It's too real. Should we go more real? Mm, maybe. So it's another complex news story. HBO has commissioned oh, dude. two white guys oh, my God. to write a show about slavery. Yeah, I heard about this. So uh, the guys behind Game of Thrones are now being tapped to write a show on HBO called Confederate in which the South won the Civil War. <sighs> I'm so sad about this. <laughs> what were they thinking? How did they, how did they, how was there not one person yeah. on the staff of HBO? They're like, uh, guys, no, we shouldn't send that out. <laughs> We need as much media as possible that makes us consider those kinds of questions and puts us in the shoes of others and makes us question what we would do in these scenarios. And I think that's what they're trying to do with this show. But this is just not the right way of going about it. And I I have been in this, this season of life where I'm really becoming invested in the concept of laying down criticism and being open to new ideas and really trying to see things from both perspectives and have optimistic views and all of that. But this, man, is just really hard because, yeah, I just don't know why we need white people's take on slavery. I would be all about this show if this show was written by a black person. Well, yeah, that's the that's the point that they, uh, someone was making, that Handmaid's Tale is a pretty gruesome, you know, hard show to watch, but it was written by a woman. Yeah. So it's like definitely through her eyes and through her mind. Why did that same filter not get put on this show? Yeah, that's actually a perfect example. I read Handmaid's Tale last year. Adapting that into a television series was pretty easy, and it seems like even had a lot of influence from Margaret Atwood herself. And this is just not that. I actually saw a while ago that there was a Kickstarter for a book being done on Kendrick Lamar. And it was actually like doing a deep dive into a single Kendrick Lamar song. Oh, that's kind of cool. And I was, I clicked it immediately. I was like, oh, that's a really interesting idea. Yeah, super cool. And I looked at who it was made by, and it was made by two white people. Hmm. Yeah, and see. That instantly loses credibility. I know. That's the thing is I'm not doubting that those people have something interesting to say. But to be the only voice. Right. That's the problem is why would you think that you can speak with authority on this subject and not include someone of color? That's how I feel about this Confederate thing is to say, what if slavery existed today it brings up a lot of really problematic ideas, including the idea that things are fine for black people now. Um, and the idea that we're going to make these tragic white characters that, oh, look how great they are, but they're slave owners. Can you imagine? Oh, but they're such good people. Oh, it's so their their hands are so tied. And there's all these ways that we could make the sympathetic characters, the white people. And it just isn't necessary. We don't need. We don't need that. We need empathy for people who have been undermined and and hurt. And yeah. we need those voices to be the ones writing those stories. So Absolutely. Another reference that people were saying was Philip K. Dick's Man in the High Castle that you know, that was another story like if uh, the Third Reich yeah. had, you know, taken over the US. But again, like it's it's the whole perspective, it's the whole uh guys, I don't think you have the authority to speak on this matter. I don't think you have Sure, you guys, you know, make a hit show, Game of Thrones. But, you know, yeah, you probably should pick another topic. Yeah. And I can even see them saying, but why can't we make it? Like, you know what, dude? Just there's some things that you just can't do. And you have to accept that. Not everything is for everyone. 
And yeah, I, that's a that's a common thing that I hear is, no, why can't I say this? Why can't why can't I speak this way? Like, dude, it's just not for you. Like, just accept that this is someone else's identity, someone else's plight, and like their the way they live their life. And you just have to you can't you'll never understand. Yeah, it. man, I'm. I'm not looking forward to this TV show. I, I'd be, I'll be very curious to see. If it makes it. I mean, it's under a lot of scrutiny already. So if it makes it and if it makes it in the way that it's going to be. And yeah, it's wild. Well, that's my links. These were our links. These sure were links. Those were some links. See, I'm trying out new uh, ending lines. What do you think? Links, 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 links. 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 Gotta love, Gotta love links. the links that we just linked each other. <laughs>